Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle, and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 73, Seven Reasons Why You Should Do New Year's Resolutions. So first, I'm going to geek out on you on this. I was writing this, and I was thinking, like, are, are the words goals and resolutions interchangeable? Is it the same thing? And so I had to like kind of dig a little deeper. And so I went to merriamwebster.com and I looked up the definition of a resolution. The definition of a resolution is the act of analyzing a complex notion into simpler ones. And I got freaking excited. <laughs> Because I know some of you are out there like, what? But let me tell you in just a second why I got super excited by that. So then I was like, well, what's the definition of a goal? I mean, I know what a goal is. And a goal is simply something you are trying to do or achieve. And again, from merriamwebster.com was my source. So let's get back to why Janelle was so excited about the definition of a resolution. So again, I'll read you that. The act of analyzing a complex notion into simpler ones. All right. I love this. This is like, this is like my wheelhouse. I love this. I love taking something like super complex and just trying to like, hey, let's break this down and to figure out a simple solution to this. This is how my brain works. I'm actually a terrible, terrible um, like I, one time I had a job that had the biggest training manual you've ever seen. So everything that we did in this job was like controlled by this like big, huge book of like, you do step A, A1, A2. A2. And I was like, this is crazy to me. Cause I just felt like a lot of it was, um, really super overcomplicated and it didn't need to be like there was like a simpler way to do things. So just so you know about me and my brain, and I know there are other people that if you give them, you're like, here's a problem, figure out a solution. They have no idea what to do. This is one of the reasons that I'm a pretty decent organizer, pretty good at this kind of thing, because I could walk into a complete stranger's home CMS, and I was able to sort of break it down and to create a system that made sense to the client. So again, it's just because of how my brain is. And that's why I got excited about that definition, because that's what we do as professional organizers. We like messes, we like complexities, and then we like to break things down and make things make sense and make things simpler. Now, the biggest area where I get so excited about this is with when it comes to time management. So I have something called the Time Management Journal. This podcast episode is a great companion to my time management journal. So if you think that this is something that you might be interested in, I literally want you to hit pause right now and then go to my website, oneorganizedmama.com, and just take a peek. My time management journal is an online course that I have available on my website. Here's how it works. It helps you organize your time. Again, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, and I'll keep saying it. I don't want you just to have an organized home. I want you to have an organized life. How do you do that? You do that by organizing your time. 
and you do spend some time on your home in this process, but I don't want you to spend all of your time or too much of your time only focus on one area of your life. So I walk you this, through the steps of doing this to be an organized person when it comes to your time. So again, go to my website, go check out my time management journal, sign up for it. Once you sign up and pay, you're automatically given pre-recorded videos and printable PDFs that you can print out and then follow along. The great thing about this is that you can go back and revisit over and over again. So if you find yourself, say, it's like March or April kind of stuck, you can always go back and revisit, listen to specific specific videos, and it'll sort of walk you through the process. The whole point of my time management journal is to get you into the habit of organizing your time. Because organizing your time is a complex notion, and I am there to teach you how to turn it into simpler simpler ones. So that's why I got super excited about that definition. All right. <clears throat> a quick note on this, by the way. I am super, super happy. I follow a lot of professional organizers on Instagram. I like to go to your guys' websites and check out what you're doing. And I have to say, I really do believe the tide is turning in this industry and I'm really happy to say that like, there are more of us out there getting on this bandwagon to say organization is not simply about what your home looks like. Being an organized person is more important. And the management or the, the notion to manage your time is more important than like having a bunch of pretty containers in your pantry. So I'm really, really super thrilled that there are more and more professional organizers spreading that message out there. All right, so let's get started. Again, this is a great companion to my time management journal online course. So this can be something that you can come back, listen to. I really want it to compel you and to inspire you into getting things out of your head and onto paper because those, that complex system, one of those is our brain. Think about like what we go through in our day. Me, for instance, I had a day when I was outlining my podcast that was pretty much on my agenda and to do some holiday baking. I had a pretty chill day. And I had a, a, an idea of what I was going to do. I do believe in daily planning. So when I wake up in the morning, I pretty much know what the the plan for my day was. And it was simply, again, to outline podcasts, do a little bit of research, and then go pull everything out of my pantry and do some holiday baking. And not only are our brains complex, but our lives are complex. And so what I started out, I got interrupted several times with outlining this particular podcast with having to go fix a flat tire on my car. My husband's like, hey, one of the tires on your car is flat. How to go deal with that. Then my youngest having a meltdown because he has to go to a cookie exchange with his grandmother. Um, and so two things that I got interrupted with. But the great thing about it is because I knew what my goal was for the day was to finish my podcast outlining and then at least pump out one cookie recipe for the day that those didn't throw me off track so much. Because I knew what my goals were for the day, I was able to get right back at it. So that's just an example of, because I know a lot of times people out there feel like, 
yeah, this all sounds great, but in reality, it's a totally different story. So I'm here to tell you, I feel you, I hear you, I'm in your shoes too. But I'm also here to tell you that you can break things down and you can still have your own goals and resolutions in life. And even though life happens, you can always get that train back on the track. So just a little bit of encouragement there. So of the seven reasons why I want you to have a New Year's resolution, reason number one, it forces you to focus on quiet time. Now, what is quiet time? I want you to think of quiet time as just reflection time. And again, if you've listened to my time management podcast episodes, or again, have taken my time management online course, journal online course, I talk about quiet time. Our, we're like in a whole new like phase of humanity. Think about it. Up until recently, even when like I was my early adulthood, we did not have the pull on our, on our brains of information overload that we have today. I have seen it in myself. I saw it with my kid when he was having a meltdown over the cookie exchange because he had spent a little too much time on Xbox and to get him off to go do something with his grandmother was crazy. And I think a lot of times what I've seen as a mother, as a wife, um, as a small business owner is that we have our brains constantly on. And not only are they on, but they're being constantly flooded with information. Think about it. Can you even walk away from your phone for any length of time? Can you not have an electronic item like a TV or video game system or something on in your home? And one of the things that I've really found shocking is even among my friends, like one of my biggest pet peeves is when I go and spend time with a friend, like go decide to have dinner or go maybe on a trip with somebody and somebody is on their phone constantly, like literally cannot put their phone down to have conversation. And so this is one of the reasons why I really talk about quiet time, because we need to give our brains a break. Like our brains are not wired for this amount of information that we flood into it. So one of the things that will encourage you to just spend some time reflecting in quiet time is if you just kind of take a look at your life, take a look at your year, take a look at like what the next chapters are going to be about. So if it's at the end of the year and you're looking forward into the new year, this is a great time for you just to take some quiet time, walk away from all electronic devices, sit down with a pen and paper if you want to, or stare at a blank wall, it doesn't matter, and just sort of reflect. So that is something that will just help you kind of just get those thoughts going. Because sometimes, like I've said, our brains just feel like super overly complex machines that are going, going, going. And if you get in the practice of just slowing down, stopping, spending a few minutes, if you can, even every single day, just five or 10 minutes, just sitting and just being quiet and just letting your brain sort of do whatever it needs to do, whether it's just kind of dump or like be quiet or just whatever. It's something that we really should get into the practice of doing. So when you're thinking about what your resolutions or your goals are for next year, the best way to do it is just in a quiet place 
with a quiet space. So number two, having your New Year's la la la, having your New Year's resolution gives you an opportunity to assess your previous year. So again, this is something that's great to do and like a reflection time and some quiet time. But I actually kind of like to do it by looking back. I'm such a writer. I love paper calendars. So I actually kind of like to go back through my previous year and see what was I doing. And a lot of times I've realized that there was a goal or something that I started and I actually accomplished it and I didn't even realize it. Like I was like, oh, wow. I look back at one year ago and I had XYZ as my goal and I accomplished it like mid-year and then I just kind of kept going. I didn't even give myself sort of the credit or the congratulations for it. But also it gives you an opportunity to sort of reassess of what your priorities are. I'm always surprised at how my priorities can change in the matter of one year. Relationships change. Uh, jobs change, people change, a lot of different things change in the course of a year. So I like I like to kind of go back, reassess what did the previous year bring and what is important to me now compared to what was important to me back then. So again, an opportunity to assess my previous year. All right, the third thing that creating a New Year's resolution gives the opportunity to do is that it encourages you to celebrate your accomplishments. So again, like I just said, sometimes we have a goal that we achieved and we just like brushed over it. We didn't even notice it. So for instance, maybe it was a goal of doing something in the physical fitness area of your life and you accomplished it and you're like, awesome. And you've been able to maintain that And But yet you didn't celebrate it. You didn't give yourself any credit. And I do think that's actually very, very important. We shouldn't completely brush over all of our achievements. We should celebrate it in ourselves. And even if it's just like, wow, look at what I did. I had a a very specific goal that I did for one of my businesses and um, in real estate. And I actually exceeded it. And I was actually pretty surprised because there were moments this year that I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to even be able to do it. I mean, it really felt like a Mount Everest in my life um, at the very beginning. So I just kind of kept at it, kept adding that goal and steps to take during that, that I could do every day in my daily planning. And now that I'm looking back and I was like, not only did I meet that goal, I exceeded it. And I should be given some kind of credit, even if it's just for me, giving myself a little bit of a pat on the back, because sometimes we just have to be our own cheerleaders, and that's absolutely okay. So definitely make sure that you're celebrating your achievements and your accomplishments. Take the time to, to really realize how freaking far that you have come. Number four, it has you address your failures. Okay. This is something that's really like ouch, right? So even though I had a really, really great year in one aspect of my business, when I kind of look, I made myself sort of do some assessing in another area of like where my failures were. And I was like, ouch. And And it feels very personal and it's embarrassing. And to me, when I first was writing this, 
I wrote the, the, the term epic failures and then I realized they're not epic failures. They're very like normal life stuff. Like this stuff happens to everybody. So I made myself take out the word epic failure because it was so dramatic. And for instance, when it comes to this, what I have been able to do is like, okay, that didn't work out how I thought it was going to. What can I learn? So I kind of have my ouch moment. I sometimes sometimes allow myself to have like the pity party moment where I'm just like, oh, that really, really sucked. And even kind of have that frustrating moment where the timing of something (laughs) was always so great. So I had a few moments this year where like, I was kind of licking my wounds from something. And then I got another punch at the same exact time. And I just thought, what on earth is going on? Like, can I catch a break here for just a second? Now, when I look back and now that a little time has passed, I can sort of have a different perspective on some of these different failures in my year and say, okay, let me again reassess and figure out what can I learn from this. And this is actually something that's a really great lesson to teach your children. So again, my youngest is has this Thing with the Xbox. Absolutely loves it. If the kid could be on Xbox all the time, he would. And what we found was that when he was spending a lot of time at home, freely admit bad parenting, he spent way too much time playing video games and stuff because we didn't know what else to do. Schools were shut down. We were just trying to like muddle our way through stuff. Well, once we found, we found out that once he started going back to school, going to sports and getting back involved, he had like this like addiction almost to the freaking Xbox. And so we've had to take it away. So we have some standards that are set for him to earn Xbox time. And the kid would meet those standards. He's like, okay, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do it. And then he would do something. And then he knows if you do X, Y, or Z, you get the Xbox taken away. And so what we've been doing with him, because he's getting older, he's almost in middle school, is telling him this, look, we've set the standard. If you do these things, then you can earn time on the Xbox. But if you do these things over here, which are usually like a bad attitude, talking back, not finishing, you know, important stuff like chores or homework, uh, different things like that, then you get it taken away. And so what I've actually kind of changed my language with him a little bit is that when he gets it taken away, he's upset and I'll ask him, what can you learn from this? What can you do different next time? This isn't the end of the world. I know you enjoy playing Xbox, but I as a parent am trying to to try to teach you some moderation here. What can you learn from this? And he hates it. I'll be honest, he absolutely hates answering this. But I will say lately, because I've been asking him a lot, like, hey, what are you going to do better next time? He's starting to sort of warm up to it just a little bit. And so he'll sort of say very begrudgingly, next time, I guess I could do this or that, or I won't do this or that again next time. And I'm like, awesome. That's all I want to hear. I want to hear that even though you got this taken away and it feels devastating for you, that you can still learn from it and move forward. So that's a great lesson that we can all apply to our lives that, again, even though something didn't work out, we can just kind of take a lesson from it, 
chalk it up to sometimes even the saying that sometimes life's rejection is God's protection because sometimes something didn't work out and we really have no idea why. And we can just believe that somewhere someone was looking out for us and had our best interest in mind. But again, failures are not something that we should shy away from or even really be that embarrassed of. Just to kind of embrace it, figure out what you can learn from it, and then keep moving forward. All right, the next thing that you can learn from having New Year's resolutions is that number five, it helps you realize that you still have room to grow. Now, this is something that I was thinking of after I read this article recently, and it was on like a business magazine website. And it was saying like, what is what is one of the keys that people who are truly happy in business and sometimes in life have in common? So I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I read it. And one of the things that it said was, when you can admit that you don't know everything, that you have room to grow. And that was sort of the gist of the article. I don't remember which website, but that was the gist of it. And I thought, oh, that's actually really, really great advice. And again, in business, a lot of times I personally struggle. Like I feel like, you know what? I feel like I should know everything and that I should be able to have the answers for everything. And it's sometimes okay to be like, you know what? Let me find this out for you and then go and take it as an opportunity to teach myself something new and realize that I always have room to grow. And I've also sort of, it's made me think about some of the people in my life who kind of are like curmudgeons. And sometimes I've noticed one of the common threads between people, they know everything. They know everything. <laughs> and so sometimes it's it's hard to talk to those folks who like, because they're, they're not very empathetic or not sharing any kind of vulnerability with us. And so it can be sometimes a little bit frustrating to be around someone who already knows everything. Just remind yourself that it's actually okay to not know everything and that if you, if and when you realize that you still have room to grow, there's something that's just kind of magical that happens with that. It's like a, almost like a release of stress that you don't have to have all the answers all of the time. All right, number six, it reminds you that you are a whole person and you are not defined by one area of your life. So again, when you're sitting there and you're reflecting on the next chapter, what your New Year's resolutions are going to be, what your goals are, I want you to consider this. I want you to consider all the different areas of your life. So again, This is something that I talk about very specifically when it comes to time management. Again, it's in my time management journal, people. Go to my website. Go check it out. I promise you there's some really great things that you can learn by taking the online course. So I want you to think of all of the demands on your time. So this is how I've organized it for to teach you in the time management journal. I call them time buckets. And the reason I use a bucket is because that is a container where you put stuff. Like you can put stuff in a bucket, a bin, and time is one of your resources. And you have a very limited amount. We all are given 24 hours in the day. So how are you going to spend your non-sleeping time during your day? 
Well, I want you to divide them into different buckets, not just in your day, but you can kind of divide them through your week. So what are the different demands? They are family, work, home, financial, physical health, social, hobby, and quiet time. So many of us are not putting and making enough time for just time to reflect or to be quiet or to be away from electronic devices. So we need more of it. So I encourage you to add that in. But let's take a a second and kind of discuss this a little further. I want you to think of some of the people in your life. And I was doing this while I was outlining this. And I was sort of thinking of the different people that I love. People, I mean, I definitely fall into some of these categories where they are defined only by like one or two specific areas of their life. So I have a family member, for instance, who's or actually a couple of them now that I'm talking about this that are defined by their work and their financial status. So I would definitely say they're probably workaholics. And you definitely know how successful they are when you meet up with them. And they're lovely, lovely people. But it's definitely something that defines them. But I would say with one in particular that I'm thinking of, when it comes to the other areas of their health or of their life, like their physical health, their social life, even their home, it can be a little disorganized. Like they're maybe not giving enough time to the other areas of their life because they're so hyper-focused on their work and their financial um, aspect of their life. Now, another area of someone who I know, it's like a, a husband of a friend, and this is a person who's very defined by their physical and health bucket. So this is somebody who is... Um, has a really big following on social media and they're very inspiring when it comes to their physical fitness and and how in shape they are. But again, this is someone that runs in my social circles. I also know that they do struggle in other areas, areas of their life. And I can't help but think maybe it's because they put so much time into just this one time bucket of their life. Now, we've all known those folks out there too, who are defined by their home. Like they maybe have the most beautiful home, the most well-appointed home, and that is what they want to be known for. They're not necessarily worried about some of the other areas of their life, but that is what defines them, what people think of their home. Maybe it's the neighborhood they live in, Maybe it's the size of their home or the price of their home, but for whatever reason, that's how they want to be known. I have fallen into this next one. A lot of times, especially when I was younger and my oldest two children were really little and I was just sort of like in the throes of mommyhood, mommydom. I was a military spouse at the time, so like we were moving literally every two years if not more sometimes. And so I just was kind of like, didn't, I kind of got a little lost during that time in my life. And so I was so defined by my family. So I was defined very much by who I was married to and who my children were that I got a little lost in there. So, so much of my time for good reason, good measure, of course, this was a season of my life where I was hyper, hyper focused on my family. So I didn't have a career for myself. I wasn't working you know, and I'll be honest, (laughs) physical health wasn't the best um, and some other areas of my life. But like, for instance, I remember 
very distinctly. We lived overseas in Guam and I got a call from from a family member that I never really talked to that often. It was uh, it was an aunt. And she said, hey, how are you doing? And I immediately went in and started talking about how my husband and kids were doing. I was like, oh, so-and-so is doing this. And and she stopped me and she said, I didn't ask how they were doing. I asked, how were you doing? And it was sort of startling to me because I was like, gosh, I why do I do that? Why when someone asks how I'm doing, why do I immediately start talking about my kids and husband? I'd still do that to a certain extent today. Like I love telling people stories about my family. And so I'm very much, this is something that I put a lot of my time into. And, and not that I'm saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes I've just had to learn through life. Let's even out those time buckets a little bit more. Maybe I'm sometimes hyper-focusing and putting a little too much time in this. So that's to give you an example on the different um, time buckets and when we sometimes put too much of our time, our very precious resource into one or just a few of our buckets. But let me read them to you again, because the purpose of this and when you're doing a resolution and when you're goal setting, I want you to think of yourself as a whole person, because these are areas that we all have no matter what age or stage or season of life that we're in. We all have a family. We all have some type of work, whether it be work that's paid or unpaid. We all have a home. We all have a financial life that we have to take care of. We all have a physical body that we need to care for. And we all have some aspect of a social hobby life. And the most important one that I want you to really implement when you come when it comes to new year's resolutions and daily planning is to give yourself some time for reflection give yourself some quiet time and if you are a devoutly religious person perhaps you're doing this with your religious studies if you are someone that's super into meditation maybe that's something that you can do but if you're not just give yourself a time put the timer on your phone. Say, hey, I'm just going to give myself X amount of minutes each day just to be quiet. You can lie on your bed. You can sit on your floor. You can stare at a wall. You can sit in your backyard. You can even just go for a walk. But this is definitely something that I really encourage everyone to implement. And so while you're going through your resolutions, take a look at all of your different time buckets and make sure that you're giving adequate time to each of them. You don't have to divide it all equally. That's not possible. And it's never going to be possible, nor is it going to be necessary. But again, I walk you through the exact steps of this with my time management journal with the online course. All right, the final, final reason why I want you to have a New Year's resolution is my favorite reason of all. And it is I want you to dream big. I want you to just dream so big and I want you to get those crazy ideas out of your head and onto paper. I want you to just think of like the craziest, wildest stuff that could you could potentially possibly do in this lifetime. And I want you to get excited about it. I want you to just realize that we're so blessed to live in a day and an age and a place where we're able to do a lot of this stuff. So dream big. Like, I forget who says it. Um, maybe 
It was Rachel Hollis who said, your dreams should scare you. And I love that. Like your dream should freak you out. Like you should put that dream on paper and just reflect on it. Have you ever heard the stories of like the the actors, I've always heard this, that wrote themselves a check for a million dollars and then they kept it? There's something to be said about that. Like if you can ever get to the point where you can cash a check for a million dollars to yourself. I mean, isn't that, wouldn't that be incredible? So it doesn't just have to be monetary based, of course. I mean, the dreams can be whatever you want, whatever your heart's desires are. Just put it onto paper and start reflecting on it. And again, what I do with the time management journals, I take you from putting all of that stuff onto paper. I call it the brainstorming phase where you put everything, get everything out of your head and onto paper. So even with those really, really big dreams, I want you to dare look at the list when you get everything out and on a paper and take one of those really, really big dreams and I want you to circle it or I want you to write it on your prioritization sheet. And it doesn't matter what it is. I want you to just dare to do that. Something that's so big and monumental that you can't ever really, when it comes to reality, imagine it happening to you in your life, but that you're going to have have the audacity to dream it and to just say, what if, what if I can do this? So I want you to take that big step. I want you to get super, super excited about your next chapter. I want you to realize the reasons that it's important to do resolutions, that it's important to set goals and that it can actually be done in a way that's super manageable when you're able to take this very complex system and break it down to much simpler ones. So let's do a quick recap, and then I want to tell you about one really cool upcoming thing that I have going. All right, so a summary of the eight, or excuse me, the seven reasons why you should do New Year's resolutions. Number one, it forces you to focus on quiet time. So do some reflection on your on your past year and your upcoming year. Number two, it gives you an opportunity to assess your previous year. So like kind of take take a look back, see, you know, what went right, what didn't go so right. Also, it gives you the opportunity and encourages you to celebrate your accomplishments. It has you address your failures and what you can do better. So I want you to learn from those things that didn't work out so well. It helps you realize that you still have room to grow. It's okay not to know everything all the time. You still have room to grow. That's a good thing. It reminds you that you are a whole person, not defined by just one area of your life. Remember, we don't want to be defined by the amount of money in our bank account. We don't want to be defined what other people think of our home. We don't want that to be our definition. That's not what our purpose in life is should be about is what other things outside things, external things are there to define us. Our thing should be to focus on what's important to us using our gifts and our blessings in our life and to spend the time with the people doing the things that matter most to us. And finally, it challenges you to dream big. Get out of your comfort zone. Choose a dream so big that it just, it makes you quiver 
because you just, okay, I'm going to do it. Nobody has to know. You don't have to tell a soul. Dream super big and write it down and then start to chip away. See if it's something that you can start working towards. So those are my seven reasons why I want you to get prepared. Now, one final thing I wanted to tell you guys about. So have you ever heard of a life coach? This is something that I am so, so excited about. The past couple of years have been a little nutty, um, and that's putting it very mildly in my personal life. And it's been kind of crazy. I've had a lot of kind of like crazy, exciting, fun, awesome stuff that's happened, and then some kind of not so great stuff. And through the sort of roller coaster, I feel like I've just been like kind of out of whack. And I had one of the most fantastic conversations that I've had in a long time with someone who is starting a business as a life coach. And here's the funny part. This was somebody that I actually have done one-on-one coaching with before. So she started out as a a coaching client of mine where we did one-on-one coaching. She lives out of the state. She lives in the state of Tennessee. Her name is Samantha. I won't give you all her information because I don't have all of the info on this yet, but I did want to talk about Samantha for just a second. She is phenomenal. So she reached out to me recently. We kind of kept in touch since the coaching and um, she reached out to me and said, hey, guess what? I'm kind of, I'm adding life coaching to one of my services with my business, with my organizing business. Um, So we had a phone call and I we kind of did a little session. It's funny. Talk about the the teacher becoming the student. I mean, I was so blown away at how wonderful this little phone conversation went with us. And it made me realize like, wow, I did not realize like how, what a wonderful tool having a life coach could be. So we discussed She's actually starting her own podcast, which I'm super excited about. So I'm going to be having her on soon. We're still kind of hammering out, working out the details. But I actually have my first official life coaching session um, where she is going to life coach me this upcoming week. And so I'm super, super excited about it. She is a brilliant woman, but not only is she so brilliant, you want to talk about someone who has a heart of gold. I mean, she has a heart for people that is really second to none. I mean, she really, really does care about people. And it certainly comes through not only through her organizing with her clients, but certainly she has definitely found a calling as a life coach. So I'm super excited about this. And if any of you guys out there are really interested in doing this, again, I don't have a lot of her information. She's kind of building it. She just um, got her certification by all means, send me an email and I can put you in touch with her um, if this is something that you're interested in. But I know for me, I am super excited. Like I said during this episode, I definitely want my upcoming year and the next chapter to be one of my best ever. It's been a rough (laughs) previous chapter, so I'm super excited for upcoming chapter and getting really excited about some big dreams that I have and making them happen. And super thankful to have the opportunity to work with someone like Samantha. So if you're interested in learning more about this, um, shoot me an email and I will uh, put you in touch with her. 
And like I said, once she's ready, we're going to have her on this podcast and kind of tell you guys a little bit more about it. So get out there. Make sure that you are doing daily planning. Make sure that you're giving yourself some quiet time. And lastly, if you haven't already, get over to my website, oneorganizedmama.com. Guys, it's affordable. I try to be very mindful, keeping my resources very affordable for you. It is the Time Management Journal online course. Go buy it. Once you buy it, you can keep the PDF downloads, the printables. You can use them. You can listen to the online courses over and over and over again. And I promise you, it will help you create new and better habits to organize your time. I want you to be an organized person, not just worry about an organized pantry. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. And until next time, have a fantastic holiday season. 